you got your copy of the scriptures tonight. Uh, I invite you to open with me to the sixth chapter of the book of the Revelation. Um, tonight we will pick up in chapter six where we left off the last time uh, that we were together. Revelation, not chapter six. I've, I have lost my brain. Guys, turn over to Revelation chapter 8. And I gave you 6 to go on the screen. I'm crazy. <laughs> Revelation chapter 8. And I want to read uh, beginning in verse number 6. Revelation chapter 8. I'll get with it in a minute. <laughs> Beginning in verse 6, it says, Now the seven angels who had seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet, and there followed hail and fire mixed with blood, and these were thrown upon the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. The second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. The fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the, of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that the third of their, their light might be darkened, and a third day might be kept from shining, and a third of the day might be kept from shining, and likewise a third of the night. Then I looked and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. This is the word of the Lord. Wow, the last time that we were together, um, we moved in on a eschatological timescale on what I believe to be the last quarter of a great seven-year period of tribulation, a period that, in my view, immediately precedes the battle of Armageddon and precedes the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, the exact timing of the seventh seal that we saw as being broken, uh, we can't be dogmatic and about and we can't come up with a precise timetable. All we know is that this is somewhere in the, in, in the last half of the Great Tribulation. Now, I say... 
the last quarter because the cosmic calamity of the sixth seal that we've already seen is going to wreak havoc on the planet. There's going to be a thick canopy of volcanic ash due to the global earthquake mixed with blast debris from the pelting of asteroids on the planet and there will be severely dim sunlight for months and the heavens will be blocked out for a period of months, maybe even years. And it seems apparent that during the seventh seal, apparently some of the ash of of the sixth seal and the, 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 the problems caused by the events of the sixth seal, perhaps some of that has begun to clear. And then all of a sudden, just when you think everything is getting better, it's going to be wham! More horror to come. A second wave of cosmic calamity. Now, um, the last time we were together, we saw in the opening of chapter 8 that all of heaven was muted, silenced uh, for about half an hour. All the saints and the angels were gripped with awe and anticipation over the seriousness and the severity and the blessedness of what was about to transpire. Because when the seventh seal is broken, folks, this is it. I mean, it's going to be some time for this to all unfold, but they know this is it. This is it. This, this, the, the glorious appearing will soon be a reality when the seventh seal has been broken. Um, and so, here they are. They, the, the, the line will have been drawn in the sand. And all of heaven knew this. That they knew God would be mocked no more. For He had roused Himself from His holy habitation and was about to set the record straight for the great day of the wrath of the Lamb was going to be in full swing. The prayers of the saints for God to execute justice and take out His vengeance were about to be answered. Another angel, if you'll remember, we saw not one of the the seven. There was another angel that took a censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and he hurled it down to the earth, a, a blazing comet of sorts, and it strikes the earth in thunder and lightning combined with an earthquake, as we had saw, takes place. And it is the inaugurating of the seventh seal. And after the storm brews and the shaking is felt, as we're told in verse 6 of chapter 8, there are seven angels, seven high-ranking angels, I might add, that are going to blow seven trumpets. And each of these trumpets will will be blown announcing a different judgment, a different expression of the wrath of God on this planet. And it will be like something we have never known. Um, Here they are. They're prepared to blow them. I mean, can you imagine? This was it. Guys, this was, this was going to be it. This was it. The end of the ages was upon us when this happens. So tonight, with the text that we read out of Revelation chapter 8, I might add, not chapter 6. Um, tonight, with, with this, I would, 
uh, hang as a title over this sermon, the sounds, the sound of terror, the sound of terror, part one, because this is going to be a two-part thing in dealing with these these trumpets, um, and the trumpets are divided into two groups. We read the first four. There are these first four judgments, which are judgments directly against the planet. Then it'll be followed by a final three trumpets to be blown and three judgments. And it's, you know, there are six verses we see here that cover these four judgments. And then 50 verses it's going to take to cover the final three. And they are horrific examples of the wrath of God against humanity. Now, these first four are related They are interrelated. They are judgments upon the earth. And it's significant, I think, that these first four are grouped together. Um, Four is significant. Again, you've got to remember, remember, numbers mean things. They communicate things in the book of the Revelation. Four is considered the mark of the earth. Four is the number of the world. Um, it's the mark of God's creative works. We, we might say that four is the signature of the world. Um, for example, on the fourth day, God finished material creation, the heavens and the earth, Genesis chapter 1. Um, there are four directions of, of the regions. We have north, we have south, we have east, we have west. Um, in Revelation 7, 9, we're given four divisions of mankind, nations, tribe, peoples, tongues. Um, there are four seasons on the earth. There's, there, there's winter and there's spring and there's summer and there's fall. Um, and so let's look at these four trumpets tonight. Okay, let's look at these first four one by one. And these verses, in my estimation, are to be taken literally. And this is how the judgments of the seven seals will unfold, particularly these first four. So number one, trumpet of terror, number one. In verse seven, we read that the angel, the first angel sounded his trumpet and judgment one begins. Now listen to the text. I'm going to read it to you again. The first angel blew his trumpet and there followed hell and fire mixed with blood and these were thrown upon the earth and a third of the earth was burned up and a third of the trees were burned up and all green grass was burned up. Wow. It's clear the effect of the terrifying trumpet number one. It tells us clearly there will be hail and fire mixed with blood. Perhaps this is the result of maybe a comet of fire being cast down, like the comet of fire cast down in verse 5, because it could be because of that event that's already occurred. They may happen simultaneously because it struck the earth's crust and the, it caused an earthquake that ensued and triggered more volcanic eruptions and the rain of fire perhaps is lava spewing forth. Um, Dr. Henry Morris writes about this very thing, and I quote him. It is possible 
worldwide volcanic explosions would be a normal consequence of a worldwide violent earthquake. The masses of water vapor blown skyward might well condense and the intense updraft as hailstones and showers of burning lava, lava might well be cast down upon the earth. The blood of entrapped men and animals might be mingled with them or possibly showers of liquid water drops might be so contaminated with dust and gases as to appear blood red. End quote. That's a thought. But whatever this is, it's not going to be period. It's not going to be pretty. Thrice it speaks of the earth being burned. One third of the earth burned. And and one third of the earth and one third of the trees and all the green grass consumed by fire. Can you imagine this? I mean, this would be a nightmare. Um, no grass, no vegetation, no crops, no wood for construction, which means massive deaths to animals and massive deaths to humans. It will be horrifying. Now, we live in an age, and we have been in this age really for quite some time. Romans 1 tells us this. We live in a time when when man has decided to worship the creation rather than the creator. Now, I'm not about polluting the environment when I say what I'm about to say. Understand that. But it is ridiculous when the federal government orders the amount of water to be pumped into the Sacramento River Valley to be reduced in order to protect a little fish called smelt. Okay? I mean, that's kind of... That's Ridiculous because for the, to try and save this tiny little fish, California provides half of the U.S. fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Crops need water, but we what do we do? We save the tiny little fish, the smelt. Okay, we worship the creation so often. I think I tell you, when trumpet one is blown, God is going to devastate the false god of creation that is worshipped by all the tree huggers and the well-kissers of today. Again, don't get me wrong. I think you treat creation with respect and that you don't try to pollute and endanger. But my goodness, I think that providing food for those that are created in the image of God, Trump, Trump trying to save another animal, even though it might affect the whole ecological system if something were to happen to it. I understand that as well, too. But I think we have our priorities out of order. So that's trumpet number one, this blown. Trumpet of terror number two. If you look at verses eight and nine, it describes the terror of this trumpet. Verse eight says, The second angel blew his trumpet and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. Wow. That's pretty horrific. Something like a great mountain, a flaming mountain was thrown into the sea. Now, guys, that is a perfect description, in my estimation, of an asteroid, okay? They're pretty much mountains of rock that are in outer space. Uh, the terror of a cosmic calamity continues to unfold. This has been a theme of things happening as these latter seals are broken. Now, 
there are uh, plenty of these floating mountains out there. All right? This is completely scientifically logical and plausible. It's happened before and it will happen again. Um, For example, there is one family of asteroids, and you may have heard this title, known as the Apollo Group. Uh, These are asteroids that... The asteroids in this group range in size anywhere from a few miles to several hundred miles. They go around the sun just like the Earth goes around the sun, and at certain points in time, our orbits cross. Now, it just so happens that usually the Earth is not there when they cross our path. But scientists will tell you that sooner or later, it will cross. Okay? That will happen. Um, It's happened before. Um, You know, moving beyond the Apollo group, there are about 3,500 asteroids really more than that, that have been cataloged. They're discovered each year. They're discovered each month. Their orbits are very um, elliptical, uh, with one end closer to the sun than the other. The largest asteroid is about 620 miles in diameter that we know of. There's another one that's 332 miles, another one 240 miles, and just different sizes of these chunks of rock. But why am I telling you this? It's not to give you an astronomy lesson or a cosmological lesson. It's just I want you to know there are large mountains out there that abound in the cosmos, and one of these days, one of these days, one of these large large mountains is going to strike the earth. Now guys, this happened, a major event happened, oh my goodness, around 1908. Perhaps you remember about the event known as the Tunguska event that happened in 1908. Uh, There was a meteorite that burst in the atmosphere above Siberia. And the devastation was immense, okay? Uh, immense. It, 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 it devastated over a thousand square miles. The shock wave was felt as far away as, as Europe. Trees for 20 miles in diameter flattened out. And this one didn't even strike the earth, okay? And it was only about 200 feet across. Imagine a big chunk hit the earth. That'll be, that will be horrific. So what will be the effect of this asteroid though, here? This mountain here in this text. The text says a third of the sea became blood. It says a third of the living creatures in the sea died. And it says a third of the ships were destroyed. You hear that? One third of the sea becomes red as blood and a third of the sea creatures die. Probably some sort of biochemical transformation of the water into a toxic blood red fluid. Um, We witness this to some degree now with you've heard perhaps them talk about red tides before. Have you ever heard of a red tide? Let me. I'll read you a quote about red tides for just a minute. Um. And it's the result of of algae causing this. But anyway, some red tides are associated with the production of natural toxins, depletion of of dissolved oxygen or other harmful effects, and are generally described as harmful algae blooms. The most 
conspicuous effects of red tides are associated uh, wildlife mortalities among marine and coastal species of fish, birds, marine animals, other organisms. In the case of Florida red tides, these mortalities are caused by exposure to a potent neurotoxin, uh, which is produced naturally by marine algae, In quote. So there is a condition in which it literally can, it, it can look red. Um, that again, it could be for, from the blood of all these creatures that, that die. We, we don't know. We don't know. Um, but when this happens, what are the environmentalists going to do then? Are they going to sue God? <laughs> okay. Um, it, it, it's going to be uh, horrific. It's, it, is, it is something where we, he says a third of the ships will be destroyed in this event. I think what's going to happen is, is there are going to be great tidal waves and tsunamis that are, are, are created. There are going to be ships that are out at sea. Tsunamis would not bother them. Okay, matter of fact, a tsunami can come through, and if you're out in several miles deep of water and, and be out there, it may just seem like a little low wave. And what happens is the tsunami comes in closer to the shore. It begins to rise higher and higher and higher and higher, and it would destroy ships that are in port, perhaps. Now, ships that are out at sea, I think they would be perhaps turned over by tidal waves that would be large waves that would, would crash into them. And all of this would be the result of this, this mountain falling into the sea. Um, you know, here we'll have the food chain will be disrupted. Commerce will be halted. And the cosmic calamity and trumpeting terrors of the cosmos, guess what? They're far from over. They're far from over. Far from over. Um, there is uh, trumpet of terror number three. Now we come to, to verses 10 and 11. And the terror of the third trumpet. This, the text says this, beginning in verse 3. The third angel blew his trumpet and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on a third of the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. Well, guys, this has to be, guess what? Another asteroid. Another meteorite. Another meteor. Uh, this one is, is said to be blazing and it's called great. It must have been large. Now, I don't know that this one necessarily directly strikes the earth. Apparently, this asteroid begins to glow as all of them would when they near or enter the earth's atmosphere or clip the earth's atmosphere. However, um, this one apparently, I believe, totally fragments as it enters in the atmosphere and it scatters the globe and a third of all fresh water is polluted. Now this is a problem. You can live a little while without crops. There'll be some stockpile. You can live without seawater. But you can't survive without fresh water. And this one is going to result in the painful dehydrating deaths of many unbelievers. Um, water, fresh water is, is vital to your existence. 
You know, I know with working with, with hospice patients, they can stop consuming food for weeks and still live as long as they are drinking fluid or taking in fluid in some way. But the moment they stop drinking fluid, it's over. Because okay? water is so important. It's so, it's so vital. You can't survive without the water. And a third of all fresh water is going to be polluted. Wow. Now this star is given a name. I think it's informative. It's called Wormwood. Now, I've been asked before by people, what is my take on Wormwood? Because a lot of people have different theories about it. And my answer is, I, we can talk about all kinds of fascinating things, but I can't go beyond what is written. I can only tell you what is written. I could write a novel called Wormwood and it make your hair stands up, but it, 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 that, it, that doesn't have any authoritative weight to it. I can only tell you what the Scripture says, what it means. Now, the name of the star is Wormwood, it's, and that's an apt name. Wormwood is literally, in the Greek, it is absinthos. It's, and, it's, and that refers um, to a deadly liquor substance called absinthe. Uh, this word is only used here in, in the New Testament, only in this one verse. And it's kind of hard to trace back its precise meaning. But the term wormwood, okay, itself is also used several times in the Old Testament to translate the Hebrew lahanah, okay? And it's translated by that way once in the King James as hemlock. And what it is, is that's poison. It's poison. There it's suggested that it's poison derived from some kind of root. You, you, you find it mentioned in Deuteronomy 29, 18. Proverbs 5, 4 notes that it's very bitter. It produces drunkenness according to Lamentations 3 and verse 15. And eventually death. It's associated with another poison that's called gall mentioned in Deuteronomy 29:18 and Lamentations 3:19 the point of wormwood is that one third of the fresh water is going to be poisoned now what about any saved people what about or do they need to worry about this no. You want me to tell you why? <laughs> because they're sealed by the Spirit. You want me to tell you why? I think of Mark chapter 16. They shall drink deadly poison and not be hurt. You've got to understand, the wrath of God will not touch them. If you drank from the living water of Jesus Christ, you will be immune to the lethal water that results from a fragmented asteroid. That's good news. That's gospel. That's euangelion. Now, number four, trumpet terror number four. In verse 12, the text tells us 
The fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of their light might be darkened, and a third of the day might be kept from shining, and likewise a third of the night. Now this is a cosmic mystery. What, what is this saying? Okay, what is this saying? I mean, was the sun directly struck? Was one third of the moon struck? Or does this simply refer to the dust and clouds filling the atmosphere due to trumpets one, two, and three? What does it mean? Well, my logical mind tends to think this is the result of the cosmic bombardment of trumpets one, two, and three. But then again, I remind you, God can do things that define logic. And it all of our all of our growing knowledge of the cosmos, the more we know about the cosmos, the less we realize we actually do know. <laughs> okay? And so um, because that God without defying the laws of the universe may in some unknown yet natural way dim the lights themselves who knows the point is one third of these of the light of the sun and the moon and the stars is dimmed we know the effect we may not understand the exact cause here but this is what the text says now this would result in something like a nuclear winter. There would be global cooling. It, it's ironic, really. God is cooling down the earth just before He really heats it up. Um, but here we experience a loss of solar heat. This will create extreme changes in meteorology. Our weather... Uh, will be affected by this. As one writer observed concerning this solar cooling, he said this, and I quote, what that means is violent storms, weather changes that are absolutely unpredictable and unknown to man. There will be a total uh, interruption of the botanical and biological cycles. As that begins to change, everything in the world starts to go mad, end quote. And what would I say to that? Wow. Wow, oh my, times, these speak of times that will be unbelievably terrifying, my friend. I remind you that it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God and not be covered with the blood of Jesus and not be sealed by His Spirit. Unbelievably terrifying. You want to know something that's the scary? You can put away your Stephen King fictional stories and read the biography of Earth's future. Now that's terrifying. Jesus said it would be like this. You remember what Jesus said? I quote Jesus. And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and foreboding what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. End quote. 
says Jesus. This is not fantasy, guys. I believe this is literally true of future events that will come, that will happen when the seventh seal is broken, that will happen when trumpet one, trumpet two, trumpet three, and trumpet four are blown. Oh my goodness. For the great day of the wrath of the Lamb will have come. People will be fainting with fear. You see, Jesus is right. Joel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Amos, Ezekiel, they all said it would be terrifying too, and they're right. Before we close, let me draw your attention to a very foreboding announcement in verse 13. Listen to what the text says. Then I looked and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead. Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets and the three angels they are about to blow. Oh my. Guys, if you think trumpets one through four sound terrifying... No eye has seen nor has an ear heard the great judgments that are to come. The last three trumpets that are going to be blown trump, in my estimation, the terror of these first four. I say one thing to that. God don't play. Okay? He's patient. He endures so much. He took upon Himself human flesh, bore the wrath we deserve, that we would never be appointed to that wrath or see that wrath affecting us. But when He draws His line in the sand, when he in his sovereignty has determined the last man has been saved and sealed, he will execute a cleansing of this world like nothing we have ever seen. Wow. Joseph A. says in his book, The Apocalypse, he comments about these trumpets. And he says, and I quote him, when these trumpets once give their blast, the vibration will run through the universe and everything created for human blessedness shall turn into a source of disaster to them who know not God and obey not the gospel of our Christ. I would ask you tonight, do you know Him? Are you known by Him? Have you by His grace obeyed the gospel? Have you by His grace been sealed by the Holy Spirit guaranteeing our inheritance to come? Have you? If not, you will be among those who faint for fear on the day of the Lord. 
Today. 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 Now is the time of salvation. Repent and trust Christ today. Let's pray. Precious Father.